Hi everybody, thanks for tuning in. It's another episode of Not Too Taboo. I know that if Gretchen is not dancing across the board, it's because she can't hear the music. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us today. Um, this is going to be a very interesting show. I'm excited about today's show. I've been wanting to do today's show for um, the entire time that we've been going through this whole pandemic and everyone at home has been struggling. I've gotten a ton of uh, DMs and social media messages about like, hey, this would be a really great episode. So we are listening to you guys. We hear what you guys are asking us um, to talk about. There's a lot to dig in and unwrap yeah. today. Um, as you guys know, the coronavirus pandemic has literally turned um, people's financial lives upside down, leaving many unemployed and scrambling to make ends meet. Um, but today, we've got a top financial expert to help answer some of the most burning money-related questions during COVID. Um, she's a financial editor at The Today Show and a New York Times bestselling author, you guys, with 11 books, including the latest called Woman with Money, The Judgment-Free Guide to Creating the Joyful, Less Stressed, purposeful, and yes, rich life you deserve. She's also host of her own podcast called Her Money. Please welcome Jean Chatsky. Yay! We have a very, yes. very large audience. We tell everybody this. Uh, we, we, pack, we pack the neighbors into our bedroom before every show. Yeah. We have all of our You're neighbors. hiding them under the, yeah, they're hiding in the shower back <laughs> yeah, there. Exactly. I can see them. Yeah, exactly. Under a pile of clothes and some pillows. <laughs> Jean, thank you so much for joining us today. She is joining us from uh, New Jersey, she said, right? Yep, in New Jersey. Thanks for having me. Happy to be with you. Oh, no, we're super excited because the financial struggle is real. Yeah, man, and it it's, is. It is like the one of the main topics of conversation. And we've, we've been uh, talking about this for quite some time, as Gretchen mentioned. So it was about finding the right person. Yeah. And we've yeah. been reading through your bio and all the amazing things you've accomplished. And you are the right person. Yes. So we're, we're very excited and blessed you're here with us today. <laughs> Well, thank you. I'm excited too. So Jane, let's just dive right in. Um, there's so much information out there about managing money during, especially during COVID right now. Um, what would you say is the biggest question you're getting right now in regards to money? Right now, the biggest question I'm getting is whether the government's going to send us more, <laughs> right. I think. I mean, <laughs> right? right? We got the first stimulus package and, and most of those payments have been made. A few are still trickling out to people where the um, IRS didn't have bank account information for people. But I'm getting a lot of questions about whether or not there will be a second round of stimulus. And the answer is, we just don't know. Yeah. Although there are people, um, the head of the Federal Reserve, for example, believes we need to do more. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But the good news is that already people have been saving a lot more while we've been locked down than they have ever saved before. Wow. Yeah. America actually tracks the percentage of disposable income that people save each month. Yeah. And in April, it popped up to 33%. Just to put that into perspective, the last time we even came close to this record, it hit 17%. Oh, wow. And that was, yeah, and that was in the 1970s. Wow. So this was just hugely Huge. unusual. Right. It's not really sustainable. I mean, when we're home, we don't have that many places to spend yeah. money and people are making more on unemployment than they were making from their yes. jobs. Yes, yes. 
But my hope is that people can save a little bit more, that we can take some of this money that we've got right now and use it to build an emergency cushion that we can keep in case of another emergency. Because, you know, emergencies happen and there will definitely be one someplace sometime down the road. Yeah. Well, and I and I think that's probably why you're seeing so much saving is because I think everyone was a little uh, just taken aback by how big of a pandemic this was, how quickly it happened, how quickly every single thing was shut down. And I think everyone was like, oh my gosh. And including tons of people losing their jobs, tons yeah. of you know businesses literally having to shut down. I mean, it was it was a very scary time. So obviously I think that has a lot to do with it, but I also think it was a huge wake up call for everyone of the fact that, you know, something like this is very real and it can happen. And you really, this is why it's super important to be prepared and have that nest egg or have, you know, whatever the philosophy is of whoever you're following, you know, six months plus of emergency, whatever it is. I think that's why it's super important um, to have those things. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned about uh, the jobs, you know, uh, increase or whatnot. And I don't know if you guys know this, but it's the thing, the statistic I read was 2.5 million jobs added uh, in May, which is the largest one month job gain in U.S. history. Do, is, do you know mm-hmm. that to be true? I mean, here's the, here's the truth. Trump posted that. So I don't know if that's true or not, but, um, but that's what is being reported. Um, and you know, they predicted that like close to seven or 9 million jobs would be actually lost again in that, in that month. Right. And what we saw was that things were starting to slowly open up. I mean, people were adding, um, workers back in some restaurants that opened and other businesses that were allowed to open. And as that continues, we will continue very likely to see more gains. I mean, if we don't see more gains, bigger gains, as the economy reopens, then we've got a real problem. Yeah. I just had a conversation with my brother telling him that my dentist called. I had an appointment that yeah. I was supposed to have in March and I didn't have it. And they were like, we're ready for you. Yeah. And I'm not so sure I want to go. Yeah. Right. I, I don't yeah. know how I feel about that. And that's the big question and 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 the big risk. Will consumers come back? Will we actually go out again and spend our money? And how fast will that happen? Because all of these businesses that are so interconnected need us to spend money or they're not going to be able to survive Survive. even if they can open. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting because this is such a a wake-up call for individuals as well as companies. Um, Somebody made the analogy that if, you know, kind of like the coronavirus, like if you catch it and you have some underlying conditions and you're not super healthy, you might not survive. And that's kind of the right. same thing with business, right? I mean, if you have some underlying issues and you're not a healthy business, you might not survive. So this is this is a, a big time wake up call for people to start going through that checklist and creating reserves and setting things aside to the point where you can sustain should, well, the, should it come again. And it might be challenging to do if people aren't out shopping. I think that's true about ourselves, right? And this is what we've learned. So for years and years now, people like me, personal finance experts, we've been talking about the fact that half of all Americans couldn't sustain themselves 
through an emergency that cost $400. Wow. People didn't have $400 to put together without putting it on a credit card or borrowing from friends and family. And this is a time like there's so much out there that we can't control, right? We can't control the virus. We can try to mitigate the risk to ourselves personally, but we, we can't control the stock market. We can't control what the Federal Reserve is going to do. But we can try to control our own little personal economies, mm-hmm. right? We can try to make sure that we're saving more of whatever it is that that we're bringing in and that we're investing for the long term and that we have the right insurance coverages and that we've we've got some sort of a plan that says, hey, I'm here, but I want to be here. And how do I take the steps to get there? Right. Um, and and that's where as individuals, and I think as business owners too, that's where we have to focus. Yeah. So given the state of the economy right now, what is the best advice to cut corners to save money and cut expenses? I'm a big fan of tracking your spending, uh, of just whether you do it using an app or whether you do it using pencil and paper, follow the money for a solid month or two. Okay. Uh, because you're always going to be surprised. Yeah. There are places where we spend that we have no idea that we're spending. I mean, the average American household has something like 21 or 22 different subscriptions. Oh my God. And we just subs- had this conversation. It was the craziest yeah. thing. I went into my <laughs> Apple app and we were like, wait, what? What is this? I don't even know. Like, cause you did it so long ago and it, you and forget, you forget, which they and you're count paying on. for it. They oh, count I let her, on. I let her have it, yeah. Jean. I'm like, are yeah. you still we doing t- the Brooke Burke we, deal? Which by the way, that is a good one. <laughs> the Brooke Burke's body thing is really good. Um, <laughs> but there's so many apps that I, I was like, I don't even know what this app is. And I've been paying, you know, and that adds up so quickly. So that's like a really great piece of advice is like, first and foremost, go start looking at little things like that, that you can start ticking off. Right. And we've, during these um, past few months, we have a really um, much better idea of what we use and what we don't. Right. You now know if you've got five streaming services, you know which ones you're watching and which right. ones you aren't. And just get rid of the ones that you're not. Right. Um, we, as we um, start looking at our budgets, most of the time, I do a lot of money makeovers. Yeah. Um, and most of the time, what I end up telling people is you're eating all of your money um, because it goes to eating out. It goes to take out, it goes to coffee. I mean, it's just the little yeah. expenses that we don't think about. Yeah. Now we're home because we have to be home and we're cooking most of us because yeah. it was just a lot easier than than ordering. Right. If you can keep that up a little bit, you're going to save a ton of money yeah. throughout the year. Yeah. And yeah, just but- pay attention to everything. Yeah. Yeah. But do you think the fact that people have tripled their uh, toilet paper budget, that's going to offset everything? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I did one, I I, I bought into the sucker mentality at the very, very beginning of this crisis when my local supermarket was totally out of toilet paper. And I did spend $30 on toilet paper on eBay for like five rolls. (laughs) Out of desperation. You know, what's so funny. It was one of those moments where Slade and I didn't buy into it at the very beginning, right? We were just like, okay, whatever. And then like, we didn't do it. And then 
when you actually go to the shelf. And the worst part for me was having a newborn at the time, or not a newborn, but a baby at the time. And and I was, um, what's the call, where you are pureeing her food, like making fresh oh, yeah. food, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even get the food to make the fresh food, which panicked me. But then when we went to the canned food to get like the canned carrots or the canned peas and to nothing. puree that, and then I didn't... That's when I went into yeah. full panic mode, and I was like, "Yeah." Because well, then we so, couldn't get her formula. Because well, you know, and then we couldn't. She's get on her a very formula. special, sensitive yeah. formula. We couldn't find um, the formula. Then the panic does. So set the in. panic really set in, and then it was funny though, because then you started seeing all the memes go around. They were just like, you know, and excuse my language, but they're like, "Are we shitting more?" Like I'm confused. Like why is everybody <laughs> yeah. buying more more toilet paper? Right? Like like it was just such that was a one funny of my favorite thing. meme. One of my favorite images was panic room complete, and it had toilet paper. <laughs> from floor to ceiling mounted yeah, on the walls exactly. and like little rolls. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty I'm funny. I'm safe in my panic room. That was pretty funny. Gene, yeah. um, you mentioned different apps. Is there meaning to help with your budget? Is there um, particular apps that you would recommend? Like a financial tracker app? Yeah. Yeah. So if what you want is straight tracking, I think Mint is probably the best of them. Okay. But if what you're looking for is help saving, I like one called Digit. Um, it's not free. It costs a couple dollars a month, but it saves for you. It looks into your checking and your savings account. And it figures out what money you're not going to spend, and then it moves it into oh, a wow. savings account. Wow. And no. and I like, I just like that sort of do it for me smart algorithm thing. Yeah, that's great. It's called Digit. You said D I G I T. Digit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that, that's great. That's those, cool. those I love little like tangible things like that that people can go and and look up and and um can really help them. And then just just for a quick synopsis in case someone missed out on that. I mean, it, it, as far as like applying for unemployment, is it still a good thing for somebody to go try and do that at this point? Yeah. It, I mean, it, especially there are still people losing their jobs. There are big yeah, companies right. that have right. la- announced layoffs in just the past couple of days. Yeah. So if you lose your job, absolutely go file for unemployment. And people who were not traditionally eligible for unemployment, like self-employed workers yeah. and freelancers and 1099 employees, they are eligible now under the CARES Act and should absolutely file. So could you tell people where they would actually go to um, do file for unemployment, even, you know, just for the layman out there that really has no clue where to start? Just Google your state and unemployment, and it'll take you to your state's unemployment commission, and you should be able to fill out the paperwork, everything that you need online. My website, hermoney.com, which is one word, her money, um, we have a whole list of COVID resources. Wonderful. So advice for how to file for unemployment, all the stimulus, if you're still looking for a check, all of that stuff, it's up there and it's easy Great. to follow. That's wonderful. That's so nice that you have that up there for everybody. Again, that's hermoney.com, you guys, if you want to have a little step-by-step there. Um, Okay, so interest rates are at an all-time low. Is now a good time to refinance or buy a house? And I'm asking this for our followers, but I'm actually asking this for myself too (laughs) because (laughs) um, Slade and I have been debating whether or not to refinance. Our our rate's not bad at all. Um, What's your rate? It's 5.25. I don't think we're in fives. I no, we're at four. we went back down. I mean, we're oh, like we went at, back yeah, down. Yeah, we're like at 4.8. So we don't have a f- fixed. Do you have a variable rate well, mortgage? Yeah, it's, we, we're on an yeah, arm. Refi. Yeah. yeah, refi. Yeah, refi. 
Yeah. Yeah. You guys are a classic candidate. I mean, your rate probably will fall further because interest rates have come down, but you can do better than that. Yeah. Cause I heard um, it's somewhere like at 2.8 or 3% right now. Yeah. You can, I, it's hard to get, um, it, it dipped to 2.8. It's been creeping back up a mm. little bit and it yeah. depends on whether you're looking for a 30 year fixed or a 15 year fixed. Don't get a variable rate loan right yeah. now. Get a, get a fixed, fixed. rate loan. And if yeah. you can, if you can afford a 15 year fixed, the interest rate will be a little lower than on the 30 year. Yeah. Um, if you think it will be hard to commit to making that payment on the 15, then just take the 30 and prepay a little bit if you want to do that. Yeah. Um, again, with the refinance, what, there's so many companies out there. Like I'm sitting in the car listening to AM radio. And every other commercial is like, come refinance with us, come to this. What would be your advice for us or for people out there that are like, I don't know what company to go to? Like, what do you say? Start with your original, uh, you know, the lender. Like, what is your suggestion on that? Yeah, you kind of want to play them off against each other. Um, you start with your original lender. And especially if you got your mortgage very recently, sometimes they'll do a streamlined refinance, which means you don't have to do all the paperwork again. And you know that the paperwork can be a total hassle. So start with your original lender, see what you can get. But it's important to shop around from a variety of types of lenders. So you want to look at a big bank and maybe a community bank or a credit union. You also want to look at an online lender and you just want to see where you can lock into the best rate. Once you find a rate that's going to work for you, you do want to just lock it down mm-hmm. um, and and then go ahead and close it. And, and don't worry. Look, if you're, you're going to dip into the threes, that's going to save yourself so much money so over much money. the life yeah. of the loan. I wouldn't get caught up in an eighth of a point here and an eighth of a point there. That's good advice. Um, do, now, when you're talking about going and looking and doing all these things, for the for the people out there that are really like, I don't know how to do that. It gets confusing. It gets overwhelming. Is there people out there that actually help you um, you know, navigate that and, and go and look and compare what, what, again, I mean, I know this, I know this, but I'm just saying for the viewers and the, sorry, the listeners, anyone out there, like, what would they do? Where, where would they start again? Well, a mortgage broker can do this for you. So a mortgage broker is somebody who has a portfolio of different lenders that they work with and they help you find the best rate among those. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes you end up paying a little bit more because you're paying a middleman. Exactly. Uh, But sometimes you've got these online services like a lending tree or um, where they will send your query out to a bunch of lenders. Those lenders will come back. The only problem sometimes with some of those services is that you end up getting an awful lot of email. So Mm. you may want to send it to an email that you don't use every day. Just use a different email for that. And then you can just turn it off when you're not, when you're not watching it anymore. And the other thing to do to know is if you're going to refire, if you're going to do any other sort of a big transaction, either a car loan or a mortgage, you want to do all your shopping within a 14 day period because every time somebody Mm, pulls your credit, credit, yeah, every time it's a hard inquiry on your credit, it's called a hard pull and those hard pulls ding your credit. This is why we tell you not to 
um, apply for all those credit cards when you're walking through the mall right. in those right. days when we used to yeah. walk through the mall. Wreck your FICO score. <laughs> Yeah, wreck your credit score. So, um, but if you if you do it all within a two week period, they'll treat it all as one inquiry, and that oh, way, it's not going to hurt your credit as much. Okay, that's good to know. All within a two week period. Okay. Um, so, as far as buying a house or selling a house, do you feel like now is a good time to do either one of those? I think it very much depends on where you live. So I live in the suburbs. I'm in New Jersey right now, but I live in the suburbs of New York City. And there you've seen a lot of stories about people who have had it with the city. They're done. They they have felt too cooped up in their small apartments and they want to get out. And so that has made it a good time to sell houses in the suburbs. They're going very, very quickly. Right. Um, but it's not true everywhere across the country. I think it's a good time to buy a house if you know that you're going to be in that house for at least five years. Mm -hmm. um, because there are costs to the transaction, their costs, their closing costs, their moving costs. Right. Um, plus the fact that mortgage rates are so low, that yeah. makes it a good environment for, for buyers. Um, yeah. If you were thinking of selling because you were thinking of moving and now you're not sure that you really want to do that, it's okay to bide your time a little bit and just, you know, we, we've all come through a very, very stressful situation. Yeah. And so I'm a fan of not making big decisions that yeah. you really don't have to make right now. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Cause a lot of people say that, but like, for instance, with Slade and I having a baby now, I mean, our house is, is plenty of house, but it's strange when you have a child, you all of a sudden feel like you're busting at the seams. And I don't know yeah. if it's because she's completely taken over our living room and like, you can't, you can barely even like sit anywhere. Cause you have to move every piece of furniture you have to move. And I'm like, I just want a house that I have an extra playroom so that that can be messed up and I can still have my pretty space, you know? But again, that's a really, you know, ridiculous sentiment to have, you know what I mean? Of like making such a big decision of like selling or buying a new home, you know? <laughs> so. Right. Especially when, I mean, you, you talked about your business was hit, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody's business has been hit. Yeah. And until we know what business is going to look like when things level out again, it's probably better off not to. How how old is the baby? She's how old is she? Ten months. She's almost eleven months in just a, in a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So months. so I get it. I mean, they turn into tornadoes, and that lasts for a long time. I know. Eighteen years. I, I read eighteen years. It lasts for eighteen yeah. years. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, thankfully, a couple we we have a couple different businesses and a couple of our businesses are e-commerce. And thankfully, um, they've done really well, our CBD company, all of that. That's still done really actually done better <laughs> during this pandemic. But you know, a couple of our other businesses definitely um, you know, you you see the numbers decline. And especially when at first people start like you're talking about well, people discretionary start, spending, right? If yeah. You, if you need extra yeah. money and it's yeah, yeah that those yeah. things. They're not start going go out away. buying, you know, just um you know, luxury items or whatnot, you know, stuff that they wouldn't normally do. So what can people do right now if they have zero income or savings? That's a, that's a big one. That's a scary moment for a lot of people. It is. Uh, aside from applying for unemployment and making sure that, um, that you're on that track, I would take a really good look at what your skill set is and see how you can fit it into the businesses that are actually hiring. Mm -hmm. 
So we yeah. know there are industries, right, that that have continued to hire through this online. A lot of online retailers are continuing to hire. A lot of Amazon. <laughs> yeah. A lot of businesses in the healthcare space are continuing yeah. to hire. It, it's sometimes it's just a matter of saying, okay, I did work. I was um, an accountant at a, you know a, a, a brick and mortar retail company. That's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have these accounting skills. So let me try to take them and apply for these jobs. Um, where I m- maybe I need to take a course or something, but it's not like I need to get a, a whole additional degree. Degree, right? Um, they're 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 called transferable skills. That's sort of the buzzword okay. these days. Uh, we just did a podcast with a woman from LinkedIn who gave like a fifteen to twenty minute crash course in how do you make your profile better to get mm. noticed yeah. um, in these times. And it was a lot of information. It's worth worth a listen. It's at her money, but it was a, a lot of great information about highlighting these transferable skills and making yourself seem perfectly appropriate for these fields where you've never worked before. Oh, that's great. That's great advice. Um, you know, I'm gonna mention something uh where I saw that happen from one of our listeners. And it was it was cool because they they actually we benefited from it in the sense that it was a couple who lost their jobs. They were uh one was a bartender and one I forget what the other one did, but um uh he was known as like I I think he was quantified as like the best bartender mixologist, mixologist or something in OC or something like that. And they were now quarantined at home, didn't have work, and they started an in-home business of making, mixing drinks and hand-delivering them to people. And it was it was so cute. They came up with this whole name. I want to say it's like it was called bow tie, and they had these little bow ties that they had on the front of the like mason jars that they made, and they uh, made these drinks in batch. Um, you know, I forget. I'm not saying it right because well, I don't they, know anything they, they about. They made them. They made drinks. it in a large vat. Yeah, thank right? you. Uh-huh. And then they individualized these drinks they delivered to the home, and it was like a buzz in a box, man. Yeah, and it was, <laughs> but it was really cool. And I and I loved what I loved about it was that they were, um, they didn't just sit there and sulk in the you know, oh my gosh, I have no job. What am I going to do? It was like exactly what you just said. They took a skill that they already had and they created something out of it. And they were, they were, um, you know. Proactive in in making something still happen despite what was going on, and you see this a lot of restaurants that have managed to um, to really not just survive but almost thrive during these times. They're yeah. they're you know making kits so that you can yes. make their sourdough at home or their pizza yeah. at home or their sushi or their their packaging up ingredients from their farmers and purveyors and so you can make your fridge just sing. Yeah. It's it's um it's pretty it's cool. I mean it's been pretty amazing to watch. Yeah, I think that's really cool. So um okay, so what would be your best tips to negotiate bills and fees during, you know, everything that's going on? A lot of um leeway is available for people. And some of that is legislated. In the CARES Act, there are a couple of areas where you are eligible for relief based on the type of loan that you have. So if you've got a federal student loan, federal student loan payments are on pause 
through the end of September. You don't even have to call your lender, not private student loan payments, just the federal ones. And if you do make a payment, the interest rate has been set to zero. And so all of that money is going to flow to paying off your principal. Principal. Um, Federally backed mortgages. If you can't pay your mortgage and you've got a mortgage that's backed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or the FHA or VA, you are eligible to put that payment on pause for six months and then for another six months. Um, But you do have to call your lender. And then at the end of that period of time, they will work out a payment um, process with you. It's not like you're never going to have to pay the money. You will have to pay it probably at the back end of your loan or Mm -hmm. over time, Um, Mm -hmm. but you can get a break right now. If you've got credit card bills or auto loan bills or other bills and you're having trouble, you've hit the wall, you can't pay them, don't bury your head in the sand. Pick up the phone, call your lender, ask what sort of relief they're able to offer, but also ask what happens at the end of this period. Because if the answer is, well, then you have to pay me back a lump sum, that's not going to help you at all. No. Right? You've got no. it. Yeah. So See, I was, you, need I was to, wondering, you need to ask both questions. I was wondering that about the loans because when, was it the president? I, I forget who had, you know, who had announced that way back when that they were going to defer payments for three months is what I remember. I, yeah, I, we were you know, talking I, about like forbearance. But yeah, you had to re- forbearance but to, on mortgage. Originally, I think it was three, and now it's now it's longer. But, but uh, there was a there was a lot going around about well, the lender is going to say then you have to make a, a lump sum payment. Right, that was not true. Oh, the lender see, was I the lender was that not was allowed. It, uh, this is a, mm. a very specific case, though. Right, we're only talking about federal, yeah, yeah. federally backed loans. So if you've got a mortgage and it's not backed by Fannie or Freddie or the FHA or VR, you have to call them and you have to ask the question, what happens at the end of this period? Because what you don't want is to sign up for some three-month forbearance and then have them chasing you for a lump sum. That's far worse. Well, so R then- says that, by the way. It says that if you, for some reason, choose, because they, they sent out you know, letters basically to everyone that were, that were mortgage holders. Right. And it does say that, that they offer the forbearance package, but you owe the whole amount at the end of the See, three months. That's what, that's what I was thinking of then. Cause I, cause what I said to Slate is I said, okay, so there's people out there that can't pay their mortgage. They're, they're not going back to work. Like this was not making sense to me. I'm like, they're not going back to work. And then when they finally get back to work three months later, they're like, okay, it's due. Well, it's not like all of a sudden you got three months worth of mortgage payments back no. in. So right. our bank what don't would care. You, so what would you suggest to those people that haven't been able to pay their mortgages that are going through that circumstance? Like, do you are is that where you're saying call the lender and try and negotiate something different? Call the lender and see if there's something different that you can negotiate. Maybe there's a loan modification that you can do, which would basically extend your term out a little bit longer. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there may be other workarounds. There may not be other mm-hmm. workarounds. I mean, if you can, um, if you end up having to go on forbearance for a month or two while you try to figure out another way to come up with the money, the point is to know that the clock is ticking in this way. Yeah. That yeah. Because what you, having it hit you as a surprise is far worse. 
Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I feel so bad for so many people that are in that circumstance. That's the one Absolutely. that like, that like, that hurt my heart the most to think about so many people that don't have these federally backed loans. And they're like, but I literally don't have any income coming in. Like, how am I supposed to do that? Well, that was, you know, and that was the purpose of the additional $600 and the stimulus and the fact that unemployment benefits have been extended. When Bank of America actually reported that um, checking account balances are up 30 to 40% on average since the beginning of the crisis. And it's because there's been so much government money flowing. So hopefully people have been able to continue to make their mortgage payments. Um, And and if we look statistically, they, they have been, and they've been paying their rents as well. Oh, good. That's great. Um, okay. So let's see. Um, oh, this is a, this is a good question. So during these turbulent times, do you think it's okay for people to withdraw from their 401k to have some short term cash? Um, no, not really. (laughs) That would be, um, not if you don't have to, right? So when we look at, at how we get short term cash, 401k money is long term money. That's, that's, it's the definition of long-term money. You lock it up um, with penalties for getting at it because you, um, you want to continue to invest it for your future decades and decades down the road. It's, if you need cash, it's better to not make contributions to your 401k during this time. Mm. So instead of, instead of pulling money out, just take the pedal off the gas as far as putting money in goes. If you need to get money out of your 401k, borrowing is better than withdrawing. If you still have a, you can borrow, as long as you still have your job, you can borrow from your 401k. Oh, I didn't even know this. I have a 401k and I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah, it's cheaper. She's she's saying it's cheaper a lot of times, especially not to borrow against the asset than it is to pull money from the asset. I didn't realize you could even do that. Yeah, you can do that. How do you do that? Through the 401k? You can do it through the 401k and then you pay it back over five years at a pretty reasonable rate of interest. Um, and you're not subject to the same kind of taxes, income taxes, as when you pull the money out. Under the CARES Act, penalties for withdrawing from a 401k have been waived, but there still is income tax. And if you pay income tax yeah. at a you know, 25, 20, 30%, yep. that, that's yep. a big hit on every single dollar. So you want to yep. try not to do that. Hello, California. Um, <laughs> that's why I'm like, right. I want to move to another state. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's funny. Okay. So so it looks a little bit like the stock market has rebound. What are your thoughts on investing or changing one's financial portfolio? I don't think you invest based on what the markets are doing. I think mm-hmm. you invest based on your goals. So if the if the money that you're putting in is for the long term, I think you have a mix of assets. You've decided that you want X percent in stocks and X percent in bonds, and you should keep putting money in according to that philosophy and that methodology. Otherwise, you're trying to time the market and it just doesn't work. I mean, even if it works that you get out 
at the right time, you get out before markets fall, getting back in before they rise again is really, really difficult. We know historically people are just better off if you are buying at all levels. So you're just, every single time you get paid, you're putting money into a portfolio. Yeah. If you can't sleep, it's a different question. If, if, you know, if the markets have gotten so volatile and it's keeping you up at night because you're that on edge that you're not going to be able to reach your goals, then you, you sell a little bit, you take a little bit of risk off and you put some of the money into a safer place, but you don't sell everything. What would you consider a safer place? Well, in, in, General fixed income is safer than equity. So bonds are safer than stocks. Mm-hmm. Cash is safer than like, bonds. Except, like cash just under your bed? Like in well, no, money. like cash in the bank. But <laughs> the problem with cash is that, you know, cash loses money year after year because yeah. because of taxes and inflation. So you really, yeah. you know, if you want your money working, it has to be invested. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is this is kind of a tough question for you. Um we talked about what advice that small businesses might you might give right now that are suffering and uh, debating whether to call it quits or to reopen. And that's it's a tough thing to answer because obviously you don't know the the status of that business. You don't know what the financial health of that business. But if there's a way for, for us to give basic advice to them about doing some sort of a quick checklist, things to evaluate, maybe help them decide, do I call it quits or reopen? Like what, what would you suggest they consider doing in order to kind of give themselves a checkup? You know, I think they have to get back to the the numbers um, and a, a real honest assessment of how they were doing before the crisis, how likely their business based on what it is, what it does is likely to rebound and how long that's going to take. Um, it may be worth having another look at the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Act. There's still money. In the PPP, they've extended the amount of time that people have to use it for those assets to be forgivable. A lot of small businesses didn't go for the money because they looked at the parameters and originally you had to pay, you were only able to use the money for eight weeks for payroll Mm -hmm. for it to be forgiven. They've extended Mm -hmm. that to 24 weeks. So that may now give some of those small businesses, the lifeline that they need to get back to a place where they feel like they can be open and be profitable. Well, and was there any stimulus packages for business owners? Because what I haven't heard is, you know, one of the bigger parts besides payroll is rent. And so the PPP covered rent. And it did. did? Yeah. I didn't know. you had you were able to you had to use seventy five percent in the original bill. You had to use seventy five percent of it for payroll, but you were able to use twenty five percent for other things like rent and utilities. Oh, now good. I didn't know they've yeah. they've tweaked the formula so only sixty percent has to go to payroll for it to be forgiven, oh, wow. and and more can go to things like rent. Yeah, see, that's really really good information. But wait, just, so, but just huh. so I know, the, is the sixty percent? Is it only the sixty percent that's forgivable, or the entire loan? Whether no matter no, where you're using it? it, it's the entire loan that's forgivable as long as the sixty percent goes to payroll. It, you can't use it for wow. everything. There are certain categories that you can yeah. and can't use it for, but 
it's my understanding that as long as the 60% goes to payroll, you can use the other 40 for things like rent and utilities and still have it be yeah. forgiven. So Jean, um, where would be a place that people could go and get that information or, or how do they, you know, the layman out there again, how did they start and figure out all of that information or where her, to start? Hermoney.com. Well, I'm wondering if, if <laughs> does your site actually have any of that or is there another yeah. place? So my site has some of that information as well, but you can right. also just go, I would start with your bank or your credit union okay? Um, because it's helpful if you have a relationship, wherever your business has its accounts, that's uh-huh. where, that's where you should start. And we did have some trouble with big national banks, mm-hmm. um, not uh, being willing or to help some of their smaller customers. In that case, go straight to a community bank or a credit union. They will help you. Okay. That's great. That's great. This, I love this because I'm hoping this is really all, you know, stuff that's helping helping the audience know exactly what to do. Because I think everybody hears all this stuff, you know, and we there's just so many things going around. And then, like, nobody really points you in the direction of where to go get the solid information. So I think this has been great. Um, do you Do you feel like... Um, the government and Trump has done enough for the people thus far. I mean, I don't want to get too political with you, but you know what I mean. Just overall, you know, I I I don't know that we know yet. I mean, there are still a lot of people whose jobs haven't come back, mm-hmm. and um, and we're going to have to see how fast the reopening changes that. I I I think they it it is quite possible that that. People who are in industries that were the hardest hit may need um, additional money from the government. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was, there was some news that talked about the fact that, you know, there's a lot of Americans that are very concerned about, you know, what will be our new normal? Will their jobs be replaced with automation or technology? And there's a lot of talk of, you know, major corporations offering training to mm-hmm. help train train existing employees into new positions or help them transfer into new positions because that's, that's the key here, right? Because as things evolve and technology increases, people have to be trained and, yeah. and how to embrace, you know, what is going to be the new America. Well, and not um, only that, but a lot of companies and a lot of businesses during this time, I think, realized how much they don't have to have the brick and mortar any yeah. longer. And I think they it, have reevaluated their their whole position the of, business model of their business model, really. I think it fast forwarded us into yeah. the future much. Um, you know, I, nobody could have predicted that yeah. Twitter would say all of their employees could work from home. Right. 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 I mean, nobody, nobody would have would have. So you, if you said that back in January, people would have said that you were that you were crazy, crazy, or that yeah, or that Facebook Literally. would be willing to let people work from home in cities across the country, paying them accordingly to the standard of living in those places, right? I mean, this yeah. is this this is going to change things. How 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 much it sticks? I I don't know, but I I do think people have been a lot more productive. I was than, just going to say, yeah, than we ever the, thought possible. And what's interesting is to see that those statistics showing that actually people have been so much more productive at home. And if you think about it, you would think there would be so many more distractions and so many things you know that could take away from that productivity. But I think what what America has realized is that like 
they have to like compartmentalize so much now because now we've been, you know, have to be homeschool teachers and we have to be parents and we have to be chefs and we have to, you know, all the things that are now on our plate. It's like, we have had to get the most organized and like, you know, time management, you know, proficient as as possible in order to really accomplish everything that now we have on our plates. And I think it's been somewhat beneficial to these companies because they're realizing like, you know, these people are getting twice the work done, you know, from home than what they were doing. I mean, it's just been well, interesting. It's conditioned, it's conditioned everyone too, that it's necessary to improve upon your skill set. Mm-hmm. You got to mm-hmm. learn to do all these other things. Yeah. You can't now just specialize in one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been really interesting. Um, okay. So let's see. So talk to me um, uh, about like your five points to money philosophy. Oh my I think goodness. you have I think you have something like that, right? Am I saying I it correctly? Okay. <laughs> well, I I had this um epiphany uh, like 10 years into writing about people and their money when I sort of realized that there are really only five things that you have to do if you want to be successful, that it's not as hard as everybody makes it out to be. So you have to earn money. That's the first yeah. one. And and yeah. you don't have to earn an exorbitant amount, you have to earn enough to be comfortable in order to be happy. You know, once you're at that level of comfort where you're not worried about paying your mortgage or um, making sure that your car is safe and that it's running and that you can put food on the table and take a vacation every once in a while, more money than that doesn't make people a ton more happy. So that's the first, first thing. The second is that you have to spend less than you make. Um, and a lot of people, which get is into not trouble. America, <laughs> right? A lot of people get into trouble there, but if you can, if you can do that consistently, um, then the rest of it is a piece of cake. You, you really want to be saving 15% consistently. Um, 15, when you say 15%, are you talking about on a monthly, every paycheck? Like where's that number gross. going to play? Yeah, it's gross. And it's, um, it is, your 401k, it's your emergency savings, it's everything, but 15% you want to, you want to put away. Um, you want to in now the third thing on the list is that you have to grow what you're saving. So you got to take that money and invest it. Um, so it is working for you as much as Mm -hmm. you're working for yourself. Mm -hmm. The fourth is that you have to protect this financial world that you're building. So you need an estate plan. Um, you need a, a will, uh, to take care of your kids, you need the right medical directives so that somebody could make decisions for you, for your health and for your finances, if you couldn't make them for yourself. Um, right. You need the right insurance so that if there was a disaster, your entire world wouldn't collapse. Yeah. And then the last thing on the list is you got to figure out some way to give back that does make you happy um, yeah. because that actually is a really big booster to this overall feeling of well-being that we have. Now, are all of those points that you make, um, is that like a step-by-step of like, this is most important down to that? Or or do they all kind of work in conjunction with each other? They all kind of work in conjunction with each other, except if you blow number two, you can't really do any of the others. Got it. Yeah. And number two was you need to spend less than you make. <laughs> yeah. That's the important one. Can we just make yeah. a t-shirt that, can we just make a t-shirt on your site that says don't blow number two? <laughs> yes. Yes. I heard that coming out of my mouth and I thought that is not good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Listen to my rules on the back and then just don't blow number two. That's so <laughs> exactly. funny. Yeah. 
Um, Jean, tell us a little bit about your latest book, um, Women with Money. So when we look ahead into the future, years down the road, um, women control the money. Uh, yes. Women, yes. By I mean, Jean, things have. We don't yes. have to look ahead, Jean. It's happening now. <laughs> um, Power to the women. <laughs> and a lot of us don't feel as comfortable um, with money, especially with investing, as we should. And so, yeah. women with money is really all about. Hey, here comes the money. Um, are you going to use it to create the life that you want? Yeah. And would you say, because it says it's Women with Money, the judgment-free guide to creating the joyful, less stressed, purposeful, and yes, rich life you deserve. So would you say you have like step-by-step um, sentiments in there of, of how to go about doing that? Yeah, it's it's step-by-step. It's a step-by-step guide to homeownership, starting a business, raising kids that actually launch, um, taking care of your parents, creating a better world. Um, it's really, women really want to use our money to create the world that we want um, yeah. as we want it to be. So there's a lot in there about that. But there's also um, a lot of emotional information. We all have these money histories. We all were raised um, in a house where money was treated in a particular way and mm -hmm. it influences to this day how yeah. you are with money. And if you haven't looked at it, you probably yeah. don't understand why you are the way you are with money. Yeah, I think that's a real interesting thing because um, that that actually happened for me a few years ago um, when I started, you know, listening, getting into the podcast world and hearing all those things. And one of the top uh, conversations that people would talk about on, especially like people that were network marketers or like the Tony Robbins or like all those type of inspirational people. It was like, it was so interesting to see this, the psychology and, you know, the emotional side of the way that you view money and how that truly is, Affects you. you know, either making or breaking your wealth. And, and yeah. it was one of those things where you were like, you had like an aha moment and you were like, wow, I had no idea that I was actually almost being, you know, the wall to allowing certain things to happen because you had these misconstrued beliefs or thoughts or you didn't think you were good enough or whatever it is, you know, all the different points that a lot of these people make. So I think that's great that you touch um, on that in your book as well. I mean, it sounds like an Thank incredible you. book. I have, um, I have a marketing suggestion for Jean. Oh, here we go. Yes. Uh -oh. <laughs> well, first off, first off, we know that there's plenty of uh, financially illiterate guys out there, right? <laughs> I think you need to go buy the URL hismoney.com. Okay. And then you just you just make that forward to hermoney.com. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what it's going to be anyway. Yeah. There exactly. You go. Exactly. I'm just saying it's already that way here. Okay. All right. I'm going to go look. <laughs> okay. I think you should own that. That's funny. Um, Jean, Jean, would you say uh, women with money that men could actually benefit from reading it too? Or is it strictly I've just for women? I've been told they can. Okay. Okay. That's what that I've was been the told they can. <laughs> too many. <laughs> because we're going to tell you that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> too funny. Well, Jean, we can't thank you enough today um, for your time. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Will you tell us where people, um, besides hermoney.com, are you on social? Can people find I am. you there? Yeah, I'm on social at Jean Chatsky on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We actually, we have a great 
um, private Facebook group uh, for the Her Money community. It's judgment-free and it's thousands and thousands of women helping each other with all this stuff every day. That's great. Can uh, anybody just join or do you have to like yep. just be join? We'll ask you a couple of questions to prove you're not a bot and then you're in. And that's, uh, is it the same thing? Her money? Is that her the money. name of the, f- mm-hmm. her Facebook the name page? of the group awesome. on Facebook? Yeah. Awesome. So, um, is that so going to be guys- weird if I show up at hermoney.com? Might be just a little weird. And Gretchen Gretchen knows I'm super judgy. They probably won't let me in. (laughs) Oh my God. There we go. Um, So don't you guys guys don't forget to tune into her podcast. Also, it's called Her Money. Um, She's written 11 amazing books, and her latest is Woman with Money. So be sure to check that out. Thank you again, Jean Chasky, for joining us today. It was lovely to have you. Thanks for having me. Look at the fans. Love you, Jean. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much, Jean. We really appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your day. And I'm sure we'll we'll talk with you soon or have you back on. That sounds great. Thank you. Have All a right, good love. day. Take Bye. care. Thanks, Jean. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was so good. I know. That was really, really... Really informative. You know, it's it's interesting because I love, you know, getting uh, the feedback from the fans and from the audience uh, listening to these podcasts. And I, and I love the suggestions you guys bring in. I think a money um, podcast was a really great suggestion. I think so many of us constantly struggle with money, but especially during this pandemic, it's been a really tough, you know, time for so many of us across the country. And I think she had some really tangible, you know, great, easy steps. And even if what she was saying, you didn't quite understand, or you felt like you needed some more information on, because we don't, you know, you only have an hour in a podcast. Right. Um, I love the fact that she offered up so many resources, her website, hermoney.com. Uh, don't forget about those apps that she had mentioned, Mint, Digit, um, and and, you know, there was just some really great points in there um, that I think we could all take away from. What do you think our question of the day should be? I have so many. <laughs> well, first off, even before the question, I think you should get her book and then do a book review oh, on okay. air. Go through some of the chapters. I think that's a great idea. You know what? This podcast really, I always want it to be some, a place where people can come and learn and grow and feel like they're flourishing in their lives and, you know, walk away with, you know, to-do list, if you will, of things. So I'm all for, you know, reading books and and coming back with, you know, some information or reading experts out of things or experts? No. I said experts, but it's excerpts, right? A- an excerpt. Yeah. Yeah. Excerpt, excerpt. out of there. Um, but it would take an expert to create the excerpt for you to actually read on air. <laughs> here we go. Say that six times. Um, okay. So here's my question of the day. I've got it. So what would you guys say? I forget the word that she used. Um, tangible skills, maybe? Is that the word she used? Yeah. Okay. Something, something a skill set that you had that could be easily applied yeah. to a number of different positions or jobs. Yeah. So the question of the day for you all out there, whether you are employed or not, is what are those tangible skills that you have in your life that you could potentially use towards creating a different business or, you know, repurpose for a different business or repurpose for a different job position or whatever it is. You know, I gave you a great example of one of our listeners, you know, that that went through a struggle and turned that struggle into something else. Um, think about what that is in your life and what you might be able, um, you know, to 
to turn into something that maybe you never had thought about before, you know? And take the time maybe to improve upon those skill sets. Yeah. Because this is a great time to ask yourself too, what what are those financial pitfalls maybe that are existing in my current portfolio or just in my life in general? And what steps can I take to plug the holes? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I, I think little things come to mind like, you know, I know there's so many people that did a ton of working out during quarantine, right? Like a lot of people also ate a lot of food, but there was like a lot of people that Guilty. started Guilty. working out or whatever. I don't know. I was like thinking to myself, like, wouldn't it be cool if somebody was like, you know what? I take care of myself. I'm fit. I work out. I'm going to create like a fitness program during this time. And then I'm going to go, you know, post it and be able to make money from it or create a, a create an app where you, you know, come and do a subscription. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there for all those people that like, you know, maybe you're doing things at home that they never did before cooking. You know, there's, there's ways that you could create a blog and you could be linking that to, you know, the like it to know it's out there, the Amazon now that has a big affiliate program that anybody can join. There's ways to make money. You just have to dig and find it and, and think outside the box, I think is, is where it's at. So, um, so anyways, you guys, thanks so much for joining us this week. Do not forget to subscribe, download, and listen to the not too taboo podcast every week. We are so excited you joined us today and we will see you guys next week.